flaming drone guys. This week on the show, the guards review Salem's Lot, when a young novelist returning home to Salem's Lot after many years is disturbed by the strange behaviour of its people, he begins to believe the source of the trouble might be the eerie old Marston house that overlooks the town. Yeah. <laughs> You can do nothing against the master. Stop, holy man! We've cut the boy's throat. Back, back, holy man, back, shaman! Back, priest! What would you give for this miserable boy? What do you ask? What would you give to reprieve him this night to save him for another night? What do you want? The master wants you. Throw away your cross, face the master, your faith against his faith. Could you do that? Is your faith enough? Then do it. And trust him to let the boy go? Run! Hello and welcome to the Bones Horror Podcast. This is our episode 55, Salem's Lot. You're with us, Larry. Yes, hello. And Ewan. Hello. No Jess this week. She's at a birthday party. So, uh, which is more important than the Bones Horror Podcast for some reason. Shameful. Hope- yeah, <laughs> absolutely shameful. Um, now, I just want to say a couple of bits. I decided, or we decided, that we would do this every fortnight now, just because... I keep running out of time and not giving it the amount of attention I want to really. So uh, we've all agreed that we do that. If it, you know, if it picks up again, I'll get more time. Maybe we can go every week, but I think that every two weeks, especially when you're reviewing a 183 minute mini series, um, you sometimes need a bit more time. So hopefully, this would be better, Cyril. Um, so we started the podcast because of lockdown and me having so much time on my hands, and it's kind of now really getting back to normal. So uh, I think fortnightly could work for everyone, hopefully. Um, yeah, maybe we could do two films in one episode every fortnight. I don't know, but food for thought. Um, so... We need some reviews on iTunes and Apple. Sorry, same thing, isn't it? Google. If you can give us reviews, our Swedish listeners, please do. We need them and our American listeners. And we've only got a couple out there in America, so it'd be nice to hear from you. If you don't like it, as we've said before, don't leave a review. All right. Um, Nothing for our British listeners, though. (laughs) British listeners have given us some, (laughs) some good ones, but, you know... British listeners, yeah, give us a review. But I don't see it, maybe because I'm logged into a VPN all the time. But I don't see them. So, right. So, the 1979 miniseries. Before you guys were born, not me, sadly. Salem's Lot. Okay, Rotten Tomatoes. Come on. I'm going to say... I was surprised. I'm going to say 50, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you, you see, I mean, this is another film, I think, that developed a lot of cult um, status years after um, it was actually released. So I'm actually going to go in the 70s, which is not my own thoughts, but I I, I think it's in the 70s. It's actually 88. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> And at a budget of four million, as it's a TV series, I couldn't find out. There was no cinema release, as far as I know. Um, so four million budget was, I presume, it's quite a lot of money for 1979. I would have thought. Mm. Um, it was directed by Toby Hooper from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it was a TV adaptation of the Stephen King novel. Um, it starred uh, Hutch from Starsky and Hutch as the writer Ben Mears, as you know. I'm sure you've watched Darcy and Hutch recently, Ewan. 
often. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know you like your retro. 80s, 70s. Well, I'm trying to get into it, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to get into the sort Starsky of 80s stuff. and Hutch. Yeah, so it starred Hutch as uh, Ben Mears. Jason Mason played Richard. Is it Stracker? Straker? Straker, Stracker. I think it's Straker. Yeah. yeah. Reggie Nolder as... And I can't believe this. I, I, I don't know why I didn't pick up. His name is Kurt Barlow. Now, this is the vampire. Mm. So he hasn't got like a... A Romanian or whatever name. It is no. Kurt Barlow. Kurt Barlow, yeah. It's a bit like um. Sounds like uh, a rock star. I I, I, I don't know if you've heard of these uh, sci-fi novel Dune, which is eventually yeah. being made now. Yeah. But the main character, you know, it's a big like sci-fi setting, and you know, big planets, and it's a slightly games of Game of Thronesy with like houses and everything like that. The main character is named Paul. Nice, <laughs> nice. And you sort of got you, you got to wonder why. There's a similar case here. Yeah, the, the main like you know mysterious vampire, Kurt Barlow. Very strange. Kurt Barlow. He was great actually. He looked quite mm. it's like quite menacing. menacing. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched this film. I bought it on iTunes so I can watch it whenever I like. It's great, isn't it? But I did do it in three sittings. I think last week. So I did yeah. about an hour a night. So I really yeah, I, wanted to absorb it, you know. <laughs> I, I pulled through. I managed to. I managed to go the whole three hours. Did you? I think. I think I took. I think I took a fifteen-minute break or something midway yeah. through because uh, I think I needed it. Um, and also, I, I watched it like something like eleven o'clock at night. So I was really wow. tired as well. So that was that was quite difficult. So you finished it at two in the morning. Something like As, that, something ridiculous like that, yeah. Fair, fair it was made in two parts, I think. Yeah. For, for TV, it was obviously the version I. It looked like there was parts of it that were set up for an advert. That's mm. what I thought when I was watching it. Yeah. Um, kind of finish on a. Then you expect some crappy adverts, but kind of like it. The uh, the mm. like, yes. of television. You watch I like that, that and, as well. Yeah, that's it... great. You watch it and you can tell though there's certain bits where they want to leave you on like sort of like a, you know, oh fade to black, mm. advert. It... <laughs> yeah, so it, 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 I mean, yeah, I mean, it's also quite funny watching it because I recently watched the um, uh, the Apple TV Plus um, adaptation of Lisey's story, which is another mm. Stephen King book, and it's weird because that's the latest like Stephen King adaptation is also a series adaptation and comparing that to Salem's Lot which is I think the first ever Stephen King series adaptation um it was it was a weird a weird comparison because you know things have changed so much I mean you, you can often notice it in movies but when you see something that's been that was on in the 70s on television it's it's very different to how it is now so it's quite interesting yeah. sort of comparing the two this Lucy, is it? Would you say it was called Lucy's? Lucy, Lucy. So I have, I'm on the second or third, second episode of that. It's quite mm. interesting. Does it get better or? Uh, <laughs> um, not in my I kind mind. Of summed it up. <laughs> I mean, it sort of gets progressively worse. I think. Did in you my review view. this as well? Yeah, you... I did. I gave it three stars because there are enough. There's enough three in bi- there. What, out of ten or five? Probably yeah, out of ten. So so probably six boners. Six boners. Um, so that's... Yeah. That's not bad. It's it's not bad, and there are loads of great. I mean, I may, I mainly gave them that because the cinematography was great, and some of the set pieces were great, and the direction is really really good as well. It's done by Pablo Lorraine, who's like you know an actual f- film director. But yeah. in terms of the actual story and um, stuff like that, um, I think it was quite weak, and I think I think that mainly due to Stephen King uh, adapting it himself. Um, and okay. I don't think, I don't think authors, on the whole, are very good at adapting their own material. There are some exceptions, but in this case, it wasn't to be. I think. Yeah. Oh no, I agree with that though. I think like that's kind of my commonplace with the uh, the Shining is that when uh, Kubrick take you know takes that novel and kind of creates what he wants from it, and then Stephen King goes like, no, no, this is the way it's meant to be. And then you watched, I think that was, was if am I right in thinking that was a television miniseries. adaptation? Yeah, miniseries. And you watched I've that. I've things about it. Oh, it's batshit crazy. Like, like, not in like a good way. It feels, 
it feels almost like you're watching i know again no offense to stephen king he is a great writer and he does horror very well um but i just feel kind of like what ewan said is that his adaptation almost feels like somebody watching the shining and going i want to try and remake that but add like just different bits to make it a bit more yeah. wacky and crazy and it's like it doesn't work it doesn't work yeah i mean it's also it's also weird like what stephen king considers good again as i say he's he's like one of my favorite writers <laughs> and i love reading his stuff but often his opinions are just really out there and i remember him mm-hmm. saying that um, like when when the Dark Tower came out, the, his the movie adaptation of the Dark Tower, he said it was amazing and it was great. I mean, it's obviously it's probably PR stuff, but still, I mean, uh, how you can watch that film and think it's good is very confusing. Painful to, me. to watch um, it was, it's and odd. it's the same. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's a similar case with Sam Zot. I mean, I don't think Sam Zot is a bad movie um, for what it is. I think it's okay. Um, but Stephen King, I mean, there were a lot of problems like adapting. Uh, this book and um, he said it was what he he really liked it he said it was really really good whereas I, I again I, I, I it's fine um, but I'm not um, I thought it was just too long um, it's very long at least for a movie and even if it was um, even that it, even the fact that it's a, um, meant to be a TV series I think it's also a bit um it's not detailed enough to be a TV series either, so it's kind of in a kind of weird middle space. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk about like some of the because if it's three hours long, and there is some little kind of in the book. I've read the book. Probably you guys have, but like yeah. there's some little side story. There, there always is other stories going on. So the one story that I I quite like, but you've got the big guy. I can't remember his name and his miss his wife. And she's having an affair with her boss. And I think, has that got really anything to do with what's no. going on? Well, well, this is the thing, is that, so, it, is that when I read that in the book, I thought it actually, it fit quite nicely because it kind of, yeah. it suited the atmosphere which King was trying to bring. And it was like, it was like for him, it was like an early example of um, his world building, which he which he builds on, um, like in stuff like it and the stand, you know, that sort of yeah. small town atmosphere and stuff like that. Um, but with this one, they didn't really build the town very well, and they had to sort of, you know, chop and change everything because obviously they needed to compress um, the novel down. But <laughs> they chose this one, and it just felt really out of place and superfluous. It does. And- it feels <laughs> totally separate and. And also the guy who sits outside the shop or something, you know, the weird one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With the eyes. I don't know. It just didn't make sense, but I found it quite entertaining. Like, mm. it, like filler certainly was. But yeah, the, the guy even commenting on the, the other guy's fancy boxer shorts or whatever. It's just, there was just some funny stuff in it that amused me anyway. Mm. Um, did he shoot him? I don't think he did. Did he? Did he just chase him out of the house? Yeah, I can't remember because I I think that might have been different from the books. I think yeah. in the book they do he does shoot them. Yeah. See, I haven't them. read the book. I haven't read Salem's Lot. The only I've read it. I've read that actually like more than once. Um, mm. Which I do, but I do find it quite interesting because um, I have not read the book Salem's Lot, but I there's a description of the main, the master vampire um, that is identical to what Pennywise changes into uh, in the mm. book. So a lot of people speculate that it's it's Pennywise is the main thing, which, I mean, mm. it's, a ni- it's a nice little like, yeah, but... I don't think... But, but it's weird though, because I mean, I mean, I'm not sure if that really works... Because, no, I mean, exactly. Pennywise, exactly. It, but Pennywise only operates in Derry, doesn't he? Really? Well, yeah. Sorry, this and is I, really sort of Stephen King lore now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's the that's the thing. I also I also uh, find though that there's a lot of a lot of times with ever Stephen King's work, you do have a fair few people who are like, oh, it's you know, 
obviously they they are connected i know they're all connected in certain ways just like li- yeah, in little yeah, ways yeah, yeah. but a lot of people do hang on to that fact of like oh yeah yeah it's pennywise and it's like yeah okay <laughs> it's not pennywise yeah but yeah <laughs> in the uh, in uh, just because i read back through this because it was a long time ago i read the book and he's meant to be like a type one vampire um which are more mutanty looking things um but in this he looks more human i know he looks yeah well but he's still human shaped yeah i mean that was a sort of i think it was a point of controversy for fans of the book i think in the book he was meant to be a kind of he's meant to look like a like a german count kind of you know sort of quite gothic and quite sort of i suppose traditional in that way but in the movie they sort of went back to a kind of Nosferatu. Yeah, it's going to say very reminiscent, very reminiscent of Nosferatu. And I, yeah, and I think a lot of people didn't like that because I think they found it a bit stereotypical, I guess, um, which is mm. sort of kind of different from the book, I guess. Um, but, but yeah. <laughs> well, we steer clear of the book and just take it for what it is. Yeah. Um, mm. I, I had fun with it. Not, mm. I'm not going to lie. I quite enjoyed it. I think the child actors were pretty fun. They, they were good. The little kid mm. in the coffin, you know, and, and, yeah. and the, mm. you know, the famous scene with the windows um, yeah. at the window. And I, I, it was good. My son, my 12-year-old, watched it with me. Mm. Um, he enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I think he did. Um, it, it, it's a funny thing, really, because I think... Um... I think the sca- the bits that are scary are, are are good bits, yeah. And I think those are good to sort of hang on to, um, and you know, again, that sort of I I think that a few of them are directed very well. So the bit in the coffin, where I think it's the grave digger who's essentially sort of tempted inside the the burial, and then he opens up the coffin and it's the kid with like you know vampire eyes and stuff like that i thought that was directed really well especially with like sort of there's barely any music um in that in that scene um and i think that's that's quite that's quite good especially for that time to have very i mean i i think i think the whole scene should have like taken the music away altogether and that would have been more effective but i think i i think you know working to whatever the studio wants um that that having no music there is is is, is a good choice and yeah, as you say the famous scene when he's at the window that's that's very effective but mm. it, problem with it is just it takes a long time to get there and i'm all and you know i'm all for building atmosphere um it's just uh, it, it was just a long time to wait i think so it's so the 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 film kind of starts with a scene from kind of the end, doesn't it? Yeah. So in, they're 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 on the they're kind of on the run in Guatemala. What? Yeah, Guatemala. And yeah. and, and they've got their holy water that glows whatever blue is it? Yeah, it glows whenever blue when vampires are close. Brilliant. <laughs> so obviously after they kind of kill off. Kurt, right? <laughs> you don't look like a Kurt. It's amazing. I just found that <laughs> hilarious. That this thing is called. He couldn't even talk, could he? No. Um, no. Called Kurt. So he kills him, and then obviously all the other top vampires are trying to hunt them down. Um, what are your thoughts? And I really like the character. Um, the guy and why he was looking after Kurt, I don't know, but. The Richard Straker or Stracker. Um, I think he was. I thought he was great, and I'm sure I've seen him in other things that I thought he was great. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed. It. I mean, it was James Mason who played him. Yeah, yeah. And he's been in like so many class classic Hollywood films. He was in um, uh, Stanley Kubrick's adaptation of Lolita, and he was very good in that. Um, and he, he, I mean, I think he's probably the most vivid presence in the film. Yeah. Um, just because I, it's funny seeing him there because, I mean, again, I'm, I'm not that well educated with James Mason, but I, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a role that is clearly a kind of late career role, um, for him. I'm not, you know, it, you know, 
that it's pointless being pompous about you know vampire movies and horror movies and stuff but he because he was a classical actor i reckon it's probably not something he would have done early on in his career but because it's sort of later on um uh, but he, he casts he, he's great in the role i think he's um so vivid and, and quite scary and so ambiguous and i think um from what i remember of the novel i think it captures that character quite nicely mm. he, he, he was great that's played it so well yeah even when they met in the street and yeah, even the scenes with him and the the, the policeman taking his suits and mm. it was just all quite sinister in a way mm. um just really really good like you could feel you could feel the energy between the policeman and and him um yeah i loved it loved loved all that could have done that is more one that, thing really. that's one yeah. thing that the film though does really well i find is that when it like we just said a minute ago when it wants to be it can be there are scenes that are like yeah this is this is terrifying like this is you know i mean we've already mentioned it once like window scene i also love the scene where i forget his name but the matey uh is on the chair sat in the room oh yeah the the cross and like gets him out the window and Mm -hmm. stuff and i what i really enjoy about the film uh um is is very much that the vampires in it it's more perceived as like a i wouldn't say like a virus but more like a they they don't have that natural-esque vampire-esque look it all Mm. looks kind of like it's like a spreading virus which doesn't surprise me that george a romero was set to direct it first which i would have really be it would have been interesting to see how he would have tackled this I think I would have preferred to see that. Yeah, the, so the I do. Game. I do a little bit because <laughs> I think cause I think Romero wanted it as a sort of as a as a film, and, and um, uh, he left because it was being adapted into television. And yeah. I think Romero would have he would have stripped down the budget, put it to about an hour and a half, and just sort of like you know had a had a lot of fun with it. But I think um, I think Toby Hooper. I, I, I it's funny Toby Hooper. Again, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of my favorite horror films ever made, and I really love it. And you can even see sort of uh, sort of um, portions of of yeah, that yeah. in in this, especially yeah, when nice. they go inside the house and there's loads of like feathery stuff on the on the floor, which yeah. pretty much is the same one as like you know the Psycho House in in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, yeah. But I feel like he's I don't know that, that I, I I haven't seen many of his films, but I, but I feel like. I feel like he has he hasn't really returned to that, or he hadn't returned to that um, sort of zenith Did of it? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, Did again, it? it's the same with like Poltergeist. I wasn't really a big fan of Poltergeist. Um, no, and also I don't think he was really that involved in Poltergeist, was he? <laughs> no, although at least no. the although I do I do really like the original like the original Poltergeist. Like I only like that though because that was very nostalgic. Of like mm. there was obviously like without going on too much of a tangent but like scenes again kind of like linked with this but there are scenes that have that similar feel where you know with the whole mirror and yeah trying to, yeah and they have that similar feel but yeah no with like we said with texas chainsaw massacre that that film that like you say there are parts in this that have very similar um aesthetics or very similar kind of like just shots and how things like how things are framed and and it's it's those things that I just wish would have propelled more, because they're yes. the 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 sad the sad part of it is is that for every scene you get where it's like this is really scary or this is really good, there is then juxtaposed a scene where you're like kind of hitting your head against the table like oh, yeah. on. there's so many <laughs> scenes that were just unnecessarily long and you just yeah, sort of d- like okay, get to the point. <laughs> do you think? <laughs> do you do you think his hands were tied a little bit with this film? Because like. Toby Hooper, you always think, well, I think it's quite violent and um, quite raw. And this film doesn't feel like that. Well, I say there are tiny parts. Do you think there is a director's cut of this? It's, you know, well, or do you think it was just you're making it for telly? Here's yeah. a load of money. Um, well, I th- well, I think that's true. I think he did have to, like, he couldn't show blood on TV yeah. um, and or anything like that. It isn't gory at all, is it? Is there any gore in it? Not I can't really. I mean, it's I can't think other than sort of biting on the neck, um, <laughs> which is really, which is weird as well, right? 
uh, I, I'm guessing. I mean, it's it's funny. I I don't know if this is because you know we watched lots of films, Lawrence, or because we were you know did three years at university doing films. But you can clearly mm. see that a lot in a lot of the shots, it's in reverse, but pretending it's forward. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That's 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 one. Th- there's like other like little things as well you pick right, up hang on, on where you're minute. like, this is, you're uh, this is confusing me. Okay, okay. <laughs> right. So- <laughs> well, I'm not having this. You look talking about stuff going backwards. And so, like, right. Okay. So for example, for example, in the you know the um, they talk the fa- backwards as well. No, no, no. Well, in no. the famous in the famous scene where um, he's at the window. Yeah. And you get all the mist on the ba- on on the backwards. To me, that's clearly uh, that. That's clearly film. That it's clearly edited in reverse in order to make it look like it's going forwards, but actually it was filmed yeah. inversely the other way. Um, so they were, yeah, filmed it. They would have filmed it the other way, and then in at the editing room, they would have reversed the footage so that then it gives the impression that it's forward. I don't know why they did that. No, but then this is this is this is kind of there's there's other things in the film that really kind of just kind of baffle me a bit in just kind of like choices of like okay, like there's I, I guess it's I guess he kind of wanted to go for that sort of as I don't know that effect to give it that sort of menacing feel. Yeah, and it does it works, but it's just it feels odd and not in a way yeah. where it's like oh. <laughs> I mean, I wonder. I wonder because um, uh, Carrie was obviously made before this, the Brian De Palma adaptation of Carrie, and there's a there's a shot in Carrie where she's essentially, I think she, I think she's walking to the to the house that's been destroyed, and De Palma actually um, filmed her walking backwards and then inversed it in the edit to her walking forwards. I'm not again. I'm not mm. sure why. I think it was just to create that kind of menacing. Thing. And you want to sort of wonder whether Toby Hooper was inspired by that yeah um, i feel like or, he probably yeah or he's just trying to save on special effects but I, I i don't know how that would save on that in terms of money well, i'm not sure again without veering on a on too much of a tangent but like the another another big um another big kind of flaw i have with this film which i'm surprised you know with the director and texas chainsaw massacre is that like it's when you watch like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it has this very like raw, real feel to it. Where you know, just in the sound design alone, when something happens, you know, I won't try and bloody make the sound, but there's this like horrible screech sound, like uh, yeah. like a record player going off or something. Mm. And I was and a bit like I've seen I've seen this now twice and once a while back, and then obviously for this uh, review. And I'm just surprised that he didn't take more of like that approach as well. And I'm guessing it's mm. because of the TV aspect, which, you know, but mm. then half of me is like, I feel like if you're going to give it to a director and especially someone who's, you know, with the with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's, it's almost like give them free reign. But to answer your question a minute ago, no, I don't think that there's like a director's cut. I think that... I think that this is very much well, just like run of the middle. Yeah, yeah, I think got. that's true. I, th- I, th- I think I, I, d- I do think, um, uh, and this is it's a little bit guesswork on my part, but I did, I did read that um, that the international version. I'm not sure what that applies to. Apparently, the international version is an hour shorter than um, the original television broadcast. Yes, um, and I looked out. on IMDb. Yeah, I looked on IMDb that that one episode is two hours, and the other episode is two hours. So, I wonder if um, there's been a significant amount chopped. But it's funny. It, it's funny if that's true. Then there was even more guff to work with. Um, mm. That's you know that you have to wade through in order to get to the scary bits. Unless the other hour is just all the scary bits, but they just took out all the scary bits, <laughs> which I doubt happened. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. no. So, what's your honest thoughts then? Like, if we were to score this, um, did you enjoy it? Um... I, uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the bits that were good. It's if a that first makes watch sense. for you, Ewan, wasn't it? It is a first watch for me, yeah. and and to be fair, I did I did like some of the setup. Um, even though if it was a bit cheesy, so the whole sort of relationship between 
the writer and the um the Susan I think she's called Didn't the whole be there. that whole meet cute was really weird him just him just bit behind a tree just looking at her it's, it's kind of I I get it to, you know it's TV from the 1970s but it's just a bit creepy yeah. um but, that's you know... how it was. That's how being romantic <laughs> is. Nowadays, you just do it by a camera, don't you? Or, yeah, don't yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. Like, back in the old days, we used to sit on by trees and talk to each other. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh. And, um, and, and yeah, so I, I kind of I was all right with that stuff. It was just all the all the stuff that just didn't need to be there. I mean, um, in terms of I, and, and also I. I don't think I'd really rush to see it again, but no. if like I don't know a year down the line, um, I was obligated to watch it again, I, I probably would. It, it, it's it's just, but again, I'd probably do what you did, Kev, and just have it in three sittings. Yes, um, that that works all right actually. It worked all right. Yeah. I probably would have liked to watch it all. I just don't get enough time. But like putting three hours aside for a movie, mm. unless it's like it or something, you know. Yeah, that's um, been enough. Or you're, at, or you're at the cinema, I suppose. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's a long time, isn't it? Three hours. Mm. I mean, <laughs> in terms of bonus, yeah, I'd, I'd probably give it six, and I that's feel great. that's a, that's slightly generous. But I, but yeah, I, I think I enjoyed enough of it in order to keep entertained. But it was it was just too long, so I'll probably give it six. I don't know if Jess watched it. I gave her access. To- my account so she should have watched it but whether she did or not i don't know so mm. she hasn't let me know what she thought <laughs> so <laughs> you... uh, no. i just find i just find that the if i had to sum it up i, I think can feel that... a four coming here <laughs> no 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 i i i'd actually so for boners i would actually agree and say a six mm-hmm. i think that there are some really good parts in it but there are also some really fucking dull parts where you're just like what, <laughs> this could be sped up but then what i would say is is that if you've if you've not seen it give it a watch definitely but once you have seen it just go on youtube and find the good bits because you're not missing jack shit yes. with the other yeah. bits like i think definitely no, if you've not seen it although or... yeah yeah although i would say that I before I came on here, I decided to remind, remind myself by watching these clips again. And you, you really need the context um, and the atmosphere yeah. in order to make those bits work. Yeah. Like I watched yeah. the um, uh, the bit with the rocking chair again, um, uh, where he says, "Look at me, look at me." And I was scared at the time when I watched it with the movie, but watching it back, it just looks so camp. <laughs> it just looks like <laughs> yeah. just like look at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'd give it again. I, I give it six. It entertained me, <laughs> right? Um, I, I've done an intro for this, so on the actual, the podcast is slightly different. But um, I took a clip from what I thought was the favorite, my favorite part of the movie, and it's basically where Kurt has got the young lad by the head. And Straker, whatever his name is, is saying to the vicar or priest, wherever he is, that, you know, we'll do a deal. Um, and I, I really like that scene, actually, because it's quite Straker that is really good, saying, like, you know, you, you, you give us us, he wants you, and we'll let the boy go. So uh, anyway, that's in our intro. But that was, that was kind of my favorite bit, and it's, it's quite atmospheric i think for that bit but yeah it's good good six boners Mm. watch it well i own it now so i'm gonna have to watch it every few years (laughs) so it's got to be done though it wasn't very expensive so that is a six then three sixes no nothing from jess it's pretty good that's up there no six 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 number of the beast Oh, and a tippet so, bit of information. Tippet bit yeah, of information. The original, the original title, I believe, for this, for the, I believe it was the book first, was called <laughs> Second Comings. Yes. Well, no, Second Coming. I don't think it was Second yeah. Comings. Oh, so <laughs> Second Coming. Uh, second Coming. But, but, but I think you're I'm right. I'm glad but, it changed. Yeah, I think you're right, though. I think the reason why he went for the other title is because it could be mistaken for a porn book. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does sound it when you hear it. It's yeah. like Second Coming. <laughs> 
Anyway. <laughs> so shall we move on to what we watched in the last two weeks? What have you been watching? No, seriously. What have you been watching? <laughs> now, I did something. Oh, good. I went to the cinema. Yay! Right? So I went with my son. He's... He's 15, nearly. So I tried to book us tickets for The Conjuring Free, okay? Now, I could have had them, and I delayed it, and when I went to get them, they were sold out. But it was in a smaller cinema, okay? One of these cinema deluxe ones. Um, but it was in a small, smaller screen, I should say. So then I looked at because he said to me, Dad, I want to see A Quiet Place 2. So I looked at that, booked it, and off we went to see A Quiet Place 2. And I loved it. I really mm. did. And he, he loved it. Mm. And uh, I'm not going to give anything away, but I actually prefer this version to the first one. I, I um, agree with that. Um, I think there's more to it. I think... Certainly, uh, what's the the main character, the male? Um, Killian Murphy? Yeah, I think he was amazing. I think he's amazing in most things I've ever seen him in. But Mm. I think in this, he was brilliant. It was kind of like a... It's kind of like a return to sort of like, you know, 28 Days Later, Killian Murphy, if you know what I mean. Yes. Because, you know, Peaky Blinders, I quite... It was okay. It's like people rave about it, but it's not really my thing. I've watched two or three series of it but it's okay he's he's good in it every mm. time but um but i think it was, was he in red eye was it red eye he was in that's the one i remember he was on on an airplane i don't know if you've ever seen that mm. i think he's stalking mm. some woman on an airplane <laughs> or anyway that's another i think it was called red eye i mm. might be wrong but that was good so quiet place two i loved now then I watched Conjuring Free, but not at the cinema. Okay. And I'm a big the whole Conjuring, even the Nun, I like them all. So I'm thinking, this is going to be great. And I was really disappointed. Really disappointed. Have you seen it yet? No. I mean, what from what I've heard though, I mean, this is mainly from Mark Commode's film review, but he seemed to say that it's based on a true story, as we've as we've discussed in previous weeks. Oh, that um, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but apparently, it was based on a case where um, I think where it's a cut. It's definitely a cut. The bloke's free, isn't he? Now I think. Yeah, but it's but it's a court case where someone, so one of the defenders saying um, this guy was actually possessed by the devil, and the judge was like no he wasn't because <laughs> that's not that's not possible and we can't put that in law and in the real story that was the end of it but in the conjuring 3 there was more that was expanded from it apparently and that's and that's how it goes <laughs> i haven't seen it keep in mind so yeah. i can't judge about how um, good it is yeah. but uh, yeah <laughs> i need to watch it again and i will add it to my collection and i don't know if i was just literally it didn't have that feel of the other two and people Kind of slate. The first one I find amazing. The second one I like a lot because of the nun. Larry, you might not, but for me, that's just. I'm not the yeah, most clever yeah. bloke in the world, so it 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 does it for me. I understand I, what's going yeah. on. There's no little hidden things going on in this. No, game. no. I just uh, I just find I just find kind of what you guys like how you summed it up there is is actually like you know i won't obviously i know as probably <laughs> from my last rant on conjuring <laughs> too but it's just very simple in that like when you're dealing with such a thing where you're like this is based on a true story if you actually go back and look at the story that they focused on with conjuring 2 it is actually quite there are certain things about the true story where you're like it's so it's interesting there are bits that could I perceived as scary, but it's also just kind of like it makes you think of like what was really going on. And what I just and kind of I imagine has happened with this film is that they've taken a real case where you'd look at it and go, okay, that's quite interesting. And then they go, let's shove 50,000 ghosts in and the devil's going to walk <laughs> on the roof and he's going to blow up the house. And you're just like, stop. But you're like, like make. <laughs> 
that's that's my problem i like the first one though the first one i thought was very entertaining and it actually did stay true to what to, to like real fact of, of in just, certain cases i think it had a different tone for me it just it felt different um yeah certainly with the violence parts of it because i don't think there is much violence at all it wasn't directed movies. by James Wan, was it, again? No. It the first the one blokes, and the second one were. The bloke who did that Le, Curse of Lorona or whatever it's called. <laughs> that explains that, it. That, that, that didn't do very well. Also, um, just a sort of side point, um, there's a new Salem's Lot adaptation coming out and um, the person directing it is the same person who did Annabelle Comes Home. Um, I like that. Nope. I haven't seen it, so I can't. <laughs> I, quite, I can't comment. I don't. I don't mind it. The the girls are great. Again, the real story. If you want to be scared by a good, like, chilling story oh. that could be all bullshit, like Annabelle, the original story of that is good, and they actually cover it pretty well in the Conjuring One. But then what they've done is they've gone marketing. We want to have it where Annabelle, <laughs> uh, Annab- Annabelle, Annabelle is this demon who has creaky crawly legs and whoa. And it's just, I get it. If it's your thing, watch it. Like enjoy it, please. But for me personally, I can't sit there for an hour and a, uh, and a half watching a doll. Look at this. So I called this young lady the other day. Isn't that's she beautiful? That, that's like, not even like what her. she. That's not what she looked like. She was a raggedy. She was a raggedy Andal. Like that is not. That is James she lovely? One. She lovely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love her. Um, I, I, I saw her and thought, I've got to have you. So. Uh, <laughs> um. So, I'm just going through my little list here. I watched A Quiet Place, the first mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. After watching the second one, I thought I better watch the first one. So, it's a great film. So, I bought it again on 4K. So, I might watch that next week in 4K. See if that's any better. And, last thing, I finished Resident Evil 2. So, I finished that. Mm-hmm. It was great. Really was. I started doing the you play as the girl as well, and it's pretty much the same, so I gave up. Um, but I finished that. It was quite hard at the end. And I'm working my way through Resident Evil 3 and Alien Isolation still. So, Yeah, that's a great game. Yeah, so that's what I've been doing for the last couple of weeks. Ewan. Well, so, I, I, I'd have to filter out because I've, I've seen a lot of stuff. Oh, I can imagine, but, um, yeah. But firstly, I mean, I mean to to sort of something that came out last week, um, uh, Loki, which I thought was actually surprisingly good. I mean, again, I'm I'm not I've, I've seen pretty much all the super the, all the MCU movies and pretty much all the DC movies, but I've never really I'm not really a big fan of superhero movies. And the funny thing with Loki is that, and and Lawrence it, I, I might know my thoughts on this, is that. At least in the cinematic universe, because I haven't read the comics, mm. I've never really considered Loki uh, all that interesting as a villain. I thought mm. he's an amusing comic relief occasionally, but I think as someone, as a villain to actually fear, I've never really got to terms with him. Um, but in this series, I've really enjoyed watching him and I found him really interesting and the whole sort of like looking at his. Uh, why he's evil, the reasons why he uh, has tried to be a dictator to people. And it's that typical sort of fascist thing is that uh, people don't want to think for themselves and they want people to think think things for them sort of thing i thought that was really interesting i thought it was really it was really funny as well especially with his chemistry with um owen wilson who play because because he's uh, loki's owen thrown in, it? yeah yeah oh, so, wow. so, so loki's thrown into oh. a kind of um to these kind of like uh managers of time it's like a bureaucratic system of these like um people who try and control where time goes and make sure everything follows a deterministic path and try and stop people who stray from that path. And I also really like that because it just reminded me a lot of Doctor Who and I, I, I really like Doctor Who so it kind of fit 
it fit for me, I think. And I could mm. understand a lot of what they were saying. And it's funny as well, because it, obviously it's a mainstream series. It's Disney, it's Marvel and everything like that. But every so often, it, it like it just goes off into like these five minute, really philosophical dialogues. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. this is great. And I'm, I'm yeah. loving this. It's amazing. I yeah, love that. So. I love that as well about it. It's, it's the, when they do that, like the whole thing about free will and like if mm. everything's determined already, then is there such a thing of free will? Yeah. And how, uh, and this isn't a spoiler to say, I don't think, but like I love love how they as you as you instated in it like they have this timeline that they consider is the sacred timeline and that you cannot veer from that timeline like that path but no one's ever ever really seen the three space lizards that are <laughs> yeah, <yeah>. controlling <laughs> the timeline <laughs> so i just love the idea I've of like i've started this shit it's so, great yeah, yeah honestly it's, it's so, so, it's so good yeah um, so I've been watching that. I've also um, I've also watched some really kids stuff. So I've watched um, the Mitchells and uh, versus the Machines, which is the new sort of animation from Sony, and it's now on Netflix. And I I didn't know really what to expect from it, but it was really really fun. It was it's just about um, uh, basically um, machines taking over the world, and this family is kind of uh, most of this family is obsessed by sort of their smartphones and stuff, and the um, basically this sort of uh, Silicon Valley type sort of Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs kind of guy uh, creates this new software, these robots, and predictably he sort of, you know, the machines take over. And um, But it was really enjoyable. It was really funny. And especially for me and probably you too, Lawrence, in that the central character is someone who's about to go to film school. And she nice. creates all these really sort of funny amateur videos and stuff like that. And it was just like, I mean, I, I never really created those videos, but I could understand, you know, that kind of yeah. that youthful drive to like make yeah, movies, yeah. but not having the budget to really make yeah. anything that's too great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, it's just yeah. great. Um, uh, so I watched that. That was great. I also watched Luca, which is the new Pixar movie, um, uh, which is about two teenagers in um, the Italian Riviera who are actually mermaids. But when they go onto the surface land, um, they turn into humans, but the humans on the land think that mermaids and sea monsters are evil, so they have to sort of carry off the disguise. It's a really lovely Pixar movie. Um, it's it's very small in comparison to everyone else, but it's um, but I found it really interesting because it's clearly, at least from my pers- perspective, they're both thirteen year old boys, but I. But I, I think it's clearly a gay relationship. I know, I, I mean, I, I might be looking too much into it, but it's it seems like it, it's it's just clearly to me, but they couldn't, because we're still in that kind of, you know, uh, at least with Disney, a kind of like reticent to actually say that they're gay or have any characters who are mm. explicitly gay, at, at least at this point in the sort of Disney history, they've sort of scraped under the carpet a little, but it's, it's a lovely film um, and I recommend it. Um, also, I've been replaying Final Fantasy X, um, which is just great. I mean, I have been, I, ha- I have been playing it for the last twenty years, and I've never completed it. But I, <laughs> but I, I just, I, 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 I just, I just got to a point where I was just like, I, I need to play this again because it's just so. And also, it's one of those things where, like, especially with Final Fantasy X, I, th- I think at least for me, it was like the first time when like games became emotional or at least there was a story that had yeah. loads of character and emotions behind it and i'd never i never really experienced that before and you, you still get it with games now where it's sort of like they're still developing and um like i think the last of us was also a sort of a key point where games became seriously emotional and um and so yeah i've been replaying that and it's been it's been great um i've watched loads of other stuff but i'll uh I'll keep it to that. I'll keep it to those. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, yeah. Um, okay, so I'll try and I'll I'll keep mine similar. So I went on to Disney Plus uh, because basically I was like, right. Obviously, Disney have obviously the you know their stereotypical Disney kind of content, but I was surprised because I went on there and started seeing a lot of these options for films where I was like, you know, I actually there's you know a film i haven't seen in in ages or like oh there's this new film so i went on disney plus and the first one i watched was end of days with arnold schwarzenegger that's a great film (laughs) it is a great film i like that one is that another classic sort of arnie b movie from the 80s uh no. yeah yeah but it's but it's not but, a, really a b movie it's right. it's very much like it so it's uh to sum it up 
basically the devil is <laughs> the devil is going to like um reincarnate himself very much so he's going to in the year of 1999 when it when it hits 2000 he has the the devil has to basically have sex with this girl um and it has to happen an hour before yeah this is really uh, a movie stuff this is really a movie stuff oh no 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 (laughs) what's it it it's kind of downward was it like obviously a pig i'm sure it was like i don't know if he was in politics then but like it was no, on, no. I think I think no. there had been a gap between him at his very peak of his powers. Um, it was definitely on the downside, if I remember yeah, rightly, because like, it was it was an odd one. It was an odd pick. It was it was an eighteen. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah, surprisingly it's... very. Um, but then to be fair, like I I don't know if it was on his downside. Like com- uh, com- what's the commando? I believe that he did was also like an eighteen. Predator he did was also an eighteen um he and it's just it's very much in that similar vein but it's it's you know it is cheesy but it i yeah i i had seen it ages ago and i could not remember a thing from it so i whacked it on and then that led me down this kind of path where i just kind of binged watched a few movies so i then watched unstoppable with denzel washington uh directed by tony scott and chris pine Great film. It's kind of just like a very, again, based on a true story, except it's actually accurate. Um, <laughs> and essentially, it um, tells the story of a runaway train that these two train operators had to stop. Um, but they had to do it in such a certain way because the, the runaway train would pick up speed and more speed and was going into more populated areas. Um, so that was really good. Then I watched Sunshine. I've oh, only is that, uh, Dan, I, is that yeah, um, yeah yeah I'd, I'd I'd only ever seen that film in parts because it was always like it was on the TV and I would always see certain bits and I'd never watched it fully completely all the way through I thought that was really good and effective um I thought it was um it's quite That's scary ki- as well yeah it's Killian Murphy as way. well isn't it yeah yes yeah and I was gonna mention it when you were mentioning him before I'd, I'd wait, but he's like, again, fantastic in that. Chris um, Evans is in it as well. Um, there's quite a few well-known actors. Chris yeah. Evans. Yeah. Chris Evans. Or yeah. From, yeah. From Radio 2. No, no, no. Not TGI no, Fridays, no. Chris Evans. The radio no, no, uh, <laughs> not the Radio uh, DJ. That would be no, a great appearance. Radio though. DJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so Captain, Captain America, basically, but in an earlier in an earlier stage. Yeah, okay, all yeah. the Human Torch. Um, that must be quite yeah, annoying. Yeah, the Human the name, Torch. Has the name of someone that famous from the UK, you know, because he is very famous, Chris Evans, isn't he? Yeah, mm. but I don't. I don't think you'd you'd like <laughs> be mistaken for being in the Avengers. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Um, American listeners would have uh, heard of the Big Breakfast and thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was even before my time. <laughs> um, then I watched Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, oh, the third, yeah, I, number three. Yeah, the, yeah. I think for me personally, like I, I love. You know, you can't be the first one it's you know a fantastic film but i also really appreciate the third one for actually having a story that could have been its direct sequel but Mm. it doesn't ever feel like it's just a sequel because like i buy the story in it very much which is like a revenge plot of the villain from the first one's brother spoilers but no spoilers because it's good yeah for ages um (laughs) and then yeah um and then finally finally uh i was away for a bit and while i was uh away uh we watched like just some fit like had like a, a day or evening where we'd have a film on and just in the background kind of thing but a film was put on called calendar girls and i've never <laughs> seen this film i've heard of it and i re- it. i i actually have to say that i not not it is a very kind of just oh, feel good hell. film oh no trust me if you want if you want if you want a film if you want a film i'm that sorry a, listeners i really am you don't want to be watching that oh no hell. trust me trust me you would uh you'd sit down sit down for uh, sit down for that hour and a half um 
and trust me you will get uh just like again when i say like it's it's not the best film in the world but for a film of that kind of caliber and guess what it would try you know what it was doing for when it came out i actually thought it was very very well done and i thought the acting in it was really good the underlining story and say kev this this is really good we need to be watching this is nine boners and I'll be like, nah. It's... That's it. It's Celia Emery, isn't it? Celia Emery and it's got. Actually, it's got I have seen it. It's just yeah. It's got it's... it's got loads of like cast members from it. It's... So like from Ashes to Ashes. Um, I forget his name. It's a comedy, um, isn't it? Is it Lannister? Is it a comedy? The it's it, well, it's like a comedy drama. Yeah. So it's like it's meant to. It's like you know, funny like in that sense. Mm. But what I really mm. appreciated about it was that it actually had a really nice underlining story to it that not only was like enjoyable but also like you know it was just something where i was like in the background watching and just thought Mm -hmm. no i kept finding myself going like this is actually a very good film like Mm -hmm. for when it came out of the time Uh, because i don't know the year of when it came out but it was i think it was in the noughties wasn't it yeah well let me put it this way the guy the the governor from ashes to ashes and yeah on mars he yeah yeah, he he is so much younger. Yeah, in this, to which I was like, "That's fucking him from." Yeah, from yeah. Mars. So I have a couple of old ladies with some strawberries placed in a certain place or something, mm. so you can't see them, like fully. I mean, trying, that, that's try- that's one scene. <laughs> try- <laughs> that's not the whole film, but cool. That's what this film is. So some old ladies with some strawberries placed in front of their breasts. Yeah, they're trying so to raise money for by doing. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was just about to say they're trying to raise money for basically the fact how one of the characters' husbands has passed away. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is a serious aspect to this. Uh, and yeah, the idea is that they want to rate, they want to do a calendar, but the whole village is very much like, no, we can't have nudity like in a in a calendar. But again. I would say to people, if they've not seen it, to actually give it a watch because it's a very well put together film yeah, and the cast, I think, is... is so does anyone die or get any, get sliced up or...? No, there's... No, uh, no that, sorry, there's, there's, there's... James Wan didn't direct this, you know, so... He, he, you know, there's... You know, these calendar there's, girls don't suddenly grow no wings Lorraine and Warren. then... No, no. <laughs> So Lawrence, no, Lawrence, Lorraine, no, Lorraine. Lawrence, I've got a question. I've got a question. That was really good. Will Will yeah. Calendar Girls be your selection for next week? No, no. I've got, I've got because I believe, as we said, if we're picking two because of oh, our yeah. Fortnite, yes. Yes. I have two. I have two picks. Two two um, movies. This is going to be great. Which, which can go on to so. I guess my two picks are going to be one of my all-time favourite horror films, uh, which Callum is Calvin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Starship Starship Troopers. Oh yeah, it, it that to, like again, it essentially yes, it's got like comedy elements and it's got like kind of a cheesy aspect, but it's one of those films that I feel like if you've not seen it, you, you need to because it's it's made by the I forget his name the but the director of Total Recall yes um, and the oh, likes Paul, and it's Paul Verhoeven. Uh, Paul Verhoeven. You know what? Let's. I, I think that's it's who right did Total here. Recall, but I don't. Uh... It's right here. Is it still uh, Paul Verhoeven? No, no. Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. Yeah. Paul and, Verhoeven. Yeah. He did so basic, Basic Instinct as well, I think. Yeah, he um so I think his like effect works is great mm. and it's fantastic. And then I'm going to pick the lighthouse. Oh, I I expected that that would be coming. Yeah. Because I'm watching the that... English version. <laughs> you know I'm going to watch the British version. <laughs> I prefer it. Oh good lord, not that fucking criminal. <laughs> it's got a Welsh fella in it. I like it. So, uh, wait. Don't uh, burden I, yourself, I watched, please. I, 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 I can honestly say I watched both of them because reason being, I wanted to watch The Lighthouse and I wa- so I put it on and it was the wrong one, wasn't it? So, like, <laughs> so I watched it and I thought that was really good. And then I, obviously I watched the second one and, yeah, two blokes one. locked in a lighthouse. <laughs> Um, it's a sequel. Eyes poked, like pecked out by birds. Yeah. That one, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but again, based on an actual <laughs> an actual true story. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> Lorraine Warren turns up at the end. I, I, I hope I can imagine not. It I would really hope not. I would, I would, I would think that that film would be a lot lower in my books. That would be kind of a twist, though, wouldn't it? What a twist that would be. <laughs> it would definitely be a twist. <laughs> It'd be a twist, not a good one. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. so yeah, next uh, week... Um, no, in a fortnight's time, we'll be back yes. with our episode 56 with the very similar films, Starship Troopers and The Lighthouse. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so if you want to two, follow us... Two opposite watchers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I've seen both, and I, I am looking forward to them. So uh, maybe I'll appreciate The Lighthouse a bit more on second watch. So, uh, mm. um, be interesting to see what you think. Yeah. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's the Bones Horror Pod. Facebook, Bones Horror Podcast. We're getting loads of Facebook stuff at the moment. It's been quite good, actually. Like loads of likes and things. So, uh, or um, what else have we got? Instagram, Bones Horror Pod. That's Jess looks after that, and that's doing pretty well. Or if you want to email us, boneshorrorpod at gmail.com. Um, so we'll be next week. Back next week, then, with uh, the Lighthouse and Starship Troopers. See you later. Bye-bye.